0: Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is The Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, welcome to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app, streaming live on mineearthwest.com, don't forget about the venerable theoutdoorline.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Well, the intro was a little bit deceiving because I have neither joey piburn nor rob today, but i have joel martin of com. one last live show dude how th- this has been a quick trip man it's just amazing man, it's how just flying by crazy unbelievable got here on may 5th uh you know and and i have run about 24 people through the trip i'm down to my uh last three groups okay you know brock heward dory Monson, and they show up tomorrow and uh yeah, and then uh, you know, it's all done on the ninth, so uh, but I tell you what it's it's been a great trip, man. Lots lots of good halibut. G- got Byron Bolton from um, Renaissance Marine group and and uh, Joe uh, Joe Trevino from the from the factories, the production manager of the Duckworth Factory and swung right out and, and uh, took a look through Grandpa's hole yesterday and and you know, came back with our four kings. That was and quick too. You can't you cannot complain about fishing like that. no the the fish seem to have
1: we've seemed to have a new wave of king salmon coming in they were Those, different weren't they they were different they were, they were bigger. They had different yeah. they were just a different looking fish you could just tell they were they, they and they were looked like they were feeding on krill that's and i saw several king salmon on the dock yesterday they were
0: bleeding the red juice uh, it's things are heating up so I, I started seeing that for the first time back in Puget Sound last year and it's a really super healthy sign of, of, of the ocean. If you get a, a Chinook that comes in and he has that krill oil coming out his vent, you know, mm-hmm. before you can even, you know, get to him to, you know, to clean him or whatever. And and that's what these, and boy, when you open a fish like that up, it's, and we were both looking at it in the sunshine. when Bright looking, red. Yeah, look, look cut like a sockeye. I yeah. mean, just those fish are going to eat incredibly well. So, um, and then and then today, but we're going to run up north and kind of focus on some bigger halibut today. So today is the first day of the Sitka Salmon Derby here too. Yes. And um, every year it's funny because the locals will come out and some of them know these these little hidey holes that nobody and they will sit on a piece of kelp for a bite or two for the weekend. And they're looking and, for that big sixty pound lunker. Cruising along the shoreline. Yeah, and and last year somebody got a 40-something and wasn't in the derby nope <laughs> didn't get it just took thing. it in and it had was... him weigh it and <laughs> laughed and walked off <laughs> so that that's always interesting when that happens and and uh but we got a lot going on back home right now we've we've got marine area 11 opened up on my beloved Tulela bubble opened up yesterday and then in the north end of sound and to pretty doggone good fishing saw some pictures yeah it was there was there was guys I, that uh, in fact a couple guys i know that uh they're all worthy folks you know my uh, tom brown who uh, is always popping around that he got his two fish on spoons in the dirt and you know george mandeville got a nice chinook yesterday there too and so it's always good to see locals you know hammering on them like that but that's that's kind of been the theme. An extension in the Columbia River, we're starting to see some more opportunity um, in the in the Nooksack. It opened up as well. Uh, the Skagit, op- is, you know, has been open, and another stretch kind of opened up for on the Skagit. The Skycomish opens up for Chinook today. So happy Memorial Day to everybody back in the Puget Sound. I mean, you know, and let's let's kind of focus today and remember what Memorial Day is really all about. And then Memorial Day is is a day to really think about and and remember and respect the folks that have defended this nation. Absolutely. And it's it's really the best of America in, in in my opinion is folks that take, you know, years out of their lives in defense of this nation. And so Memorial Day is a time to really reflect on all those things. And if you are so inclined. We are still looking for some anglers, some boaters for the Salmon for Soldiers Veteran Fishing Event, and that's going to be at the Port of Everett on September 17th. So we hope uh, we get a few guys uh, bopping on over to Salmon for Soldiers, and so we can uh, take some of these vets out. So, um, all right, Joel Martin, fishbaranoff.com. You've been you've been pretty busy, man. Austin Mosier's in town now. Um, our, our dear friend we have him on the radio show all the time. And uh, he's filming a show up here. Steve Lynch of, of ProCures here. Yeah, and Justin's here. Justin uh, of, of Angler West TV. Yes. Yeah, and and they filmed episode fil- two. Yeah, they did one last. Year. Stay tuned. Yes. Yeah, that that's interesting. So so when you have somebody like that, I mean, you you know, you want to make sure they're they're kind of invested in success. What kind of uh, what kind of advice do you you offer them, Joel Martin?
1: You know, uh, for the guys, these guys are pretty thirsty for some halibut. Yep. Um, We just go over the the different techniques and uh, different tackle that we use. And a lot of guys like to sneak over to Tom's boat and look at what he's using for Mm -hmm. catching his halibut. But, you know, we… No,
0: they can't have my electric reels.
1: No. Oh, man, I tell you, (laughs) I have never experienced that before. I got to go out on the boat with Tom and Joey and some guys from Yamaha and man that to hear four rods squeaking it's pretty impressive that was a good drill man that was but, a really good drill we got that. three or four fish on at once and <laughs> the rods are bent over and the bearings are squeaking and you have to fire up the main engine because you're losing, you're voltage. losing voltage and uh you know and you're running the downrigger down with a yellow eye and saying goodbye to that thing and uh, man, it was you, it was, you, it
0: you was, went into full kill mode that day, dude. Uh, you were on the uh, death wrestle not, with Halibut. Yes you did. Did you not. Were, <laughs> but that it 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 was it's interesting to have the factory folks from from duckworth out here on the boat the factory guys from yamaha out here on the boat because they're looking at innovations for the type of fishing we do in the pacific northwest make our job easier dude and and so one of the results of that is obviously that that 30 foot offshore duck it's with with the electric anchor winch and, and all that stuff uh, it just uh, and
1: i have to tell you i was really impressed with those Burnwind rod holders holding those tanacom reels
0: it, it's they're pretty awesome. They're bulletproof, man. man. I, that, whole burn, that whole Burnowin that whole system is, is. Tom's done a really good job with that. He did. Tom Anderson's just killing it with that stuff. Yeah. and he's working on innovations too. By the way, I'm going to need that table I stuffed in this room, that Burnowin cleaning table too. Wherever. Oh, that
1: uh, I don't know where that went. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fit perfect on the back yeah. of my boat. No kidding. So as far as gear, what are you seeing on the gear front for Chinook that's that's different this year?
1: Uh, it seemed to be it was a lot smaller tackle earlier. They were feeding on sand lances a lot for quite a while, and we're just starting to heat up. And it seems like they're uh, the guys are catching them on bigger spoons now, uh, whole herring. Yep. Um, it, it seems to have switched into the normal king salmon mode, and everybody's always dreaming about catching that big fat king salmon in the kelp beds, and yeah. usually that comes. I be willing to bet money most of the derby winners of the years have been caught rolling a big blue yeah and And, and
0: it's that's just where those big ones hang out so and we have spent time doing that and jerry woolley of of renaissance marine group i i put a blue label cup plug down and we were in one of those gutters in bjorka and stripped it down 17 strips and then put downriggers down because it was you know a a deeper spot and and uh, jerry went and stood by that by, by the rod that had the sinker and the cut plug and all of a sudden I hear the drag pulling out. It's like, what's Jerry doing? <laughs> no, Jerry's not doing it. Just <laughs> hammering it, hammering this. And it was nice fish, but but it, our biggest Chinook this year have been hatchery fish. Yes. Jeff Pal Cole got one and it was it was, and it was on the Cape. You know, Jeff Palko got one that was 22 pounds. My friend Eric Jorgensen of Ro Robinson RV, he got one that was a hatchery fish of its scary rocks. You know, but I'm 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 just, it's a different Chinook year up here. It is different. Yeah, and and I you know with with all the the returns to Washington right now, I mean, my assumption was we're going to see more bigger fish, and there's there's been plenty of fish, but we're still waiting for that. Big push of mature kings to come in, but dude, you know that's what we're going to see with when you know, with, when some of the derby returnings come in today. So, right, right after right, you right, leave, no, no, <laughs> not yet, buddy. I got, I got work, I got work to you do can't yet. Leave. I got work to do yet. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, we got a great show for you. We are going to reach out to Robbo. Um, Joey spent a lot of time here up here up here with us, and, and he's scrambling. He couldn't join us today, but he, he's just got a bunch of work to catch up. But Robo is going to jump in uh, for the uh, the 6:25 segment and kind of tell us he's staring down the barrel of a 90-day charter season, dude. Memorial Day to Labor Day. It's a grinder. But it is. That is absolutely his grind. And then a very interesting story. Yamaha's safety ambas- ambassador Hunter Bland. This guy was on the University of Florida fishing team running another brand of outboards, his hydraulic system failed while he's going 50 miles an hour down a river. Go check out YouTube. Just type in UF Bass Team Boating Accident. UF Bass Team Boating Accident. This dude was wearing a a life jacket harness, right? Mm -hmm. And he was wearing a kill switch. And if he wouldn't have been, that dude... That That boat would have come around on him, but it's 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 pretty pretty graphic, but it's something worth looking at and Then we are going to go through complete rundown of, of of our puget Sound salmon seasons and and here we go man with with the bubble in area 11 opening up we're, we're going to be going full bore here. So Mark Yuasa, WDFW's communications consultant. He's going to go through your summertime salmon season schedule. All right, well, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break. Give us 90 seconds, you know, load up that text toy too. I, I do have that available from up here. So just hit us up on that at uh, 206-421-3776. And uh, we will, uh, we'll get to your text questions, but uh, Southeast Alaska is an amazing classroom. I'm going to make the case why you need to come up here and work with Joel next season and what you may learn from him. We'll tell you all that next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app.
1: From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor
0: Line on Seattle Sports Station. (laughs) Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. Tom Nelson coming at you live and on location from the Totem Square Hotel and the nerve center of com and the guy who gets gets his nerves on, <laughs> Joel <laughs> Martin. So, I, dude, you got 10 boats out there, and you got to teach people to use them every day, and every day they come back. I, so – do you ever get a couple days when, when somebody doesn't kind of break something or, or pop off a downrigger ball? There are a few. There is a few days. But- Last
1: night was a good day for that. I didn't have any major breakdowns. It was great. I was able to get these new group of guys moving, get all their stuff taken care of so I could be on the show this morning. And uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's crazy. And everybody's asking already. And I have to say to everybody, if you want to go fishing next year, now's the time to book your trip. Right. We... Uh, my calendar is filling very fast for next season and um, and the season after. And so if you guys want to go fishing next year, give me a call and it will get you on the calendar. Because I tell you, all these clowns that Austin brings with him, <laughs> they all are already asking me, can I book for next year? Can I book for next year? And they haven't even gone fishing yet.
0: Well, with, from what I've seen, especially with, with new boat owners in particular, is if you're going to do something and break a boat, it's going to be the first when you first get a boat it's going to be as you're learning to use it Mm -hmm. and so what you have going on is you have a learning curve with all these guys the minute they get on the boat i mean i heard gene yesterday telling somebody where the windshield wiper button was and all this kind of stuff and and but then they then they get their second day on the boat and their third day in the boat things kind of smooth out kind of like riding a bike it is it is but with your own boat the best thing you can do is use it and use it and use it. And so I've been, I've been in my boat every day now since May 5th and you know, things were muscle memory before, but now it's, it's automatic from what I need to see on my Raymarine electronics to what I expect the engines to sound like to, uh, you know, and this, all the stuff we talked about in the previous segment, getting all that electric stuff humming, you know, mm-hmm. it seems when, when, when you are working the boat, and you're using it every day there's a maintenance aspect to that by just using it you're keeping things fresh it seems like when they sit like when you uncover these boats at in the spring and start using them again i mean you find all kinds of weird stuff oh sure. man the
1: gremlins they live yeah. in there all winter long it's crazy you know i, I don't know it's i don't know how uh, and that's why i think a lot of the people like to come here because a lot of people have sold their boats in the Pacific Northwest because it's easier to come here and just rent my boat from yeah, yeah. And they don't have to worry about all the maintenance and the wiring issues and fuel issues and all the stuff that goes in with it. And they just come and use
0: my boat and take their training wheels off on that. And That's, it. It's, That's it. That's it. It's a great deal. But it is. But we do have we do have some opportunity this summer in, in Puget Sound. And, and, I'm, and I'm fired up about that. But my, my point in bringing this up, though, is the more you use your boat, the better fisherman you're going to become on it you yeah. you learn shortcuts, you learn little innovations where the rod holders should go, how this downrigger is going to work, looking at your troll speeds, what a fish looks like on your marine electronics, all that stuff comes with practice. And and one of the, one of the biggest challenges is is teaching people display interpretation with their, with their sonar. No matter what brand of electronics you have, you got to know what a fish looks like and you got to know what bait looks like. Mm-hmm. And and so and, and it just it becomes apparent to me with all the different people i have on the boat and i end up having the same conversation okay well look that's herring well how do you know that's herring right well that's sand lance down on the bottom well how do you know that sand lance right mm-hmm. and and it comes to a, to a basic anatomical knowledge of the fish because sand lance are really really important food species up and down the coast puget sound canada coastal oregon doesn't matter sand lance are a super important fish but people don't know how to how to look for them on their sonar, mm-hmm. right? They're they're elongate, skinny bait bait fish. They don't have an air bladder like a herring, and so they don't light up red. And, and typically, they're not, you know, right up in the middle of the water column. They're they're bottom oriented, right? But if you don't have your sounder turned up to see them, you're not going to know to stay with them and target them, you know. Right. And then watch Joey drop the ball in the dirt and stir it up and watch the sand lances pop yeah.
1: out and then pow, King
0: Salmon. Bingo. And and Bingo. it happens over and over and over and then and then and, you know, so there's if you don't think there's something to that, you got you got to kind of think again. Then then the other aspect is the krill that's around here. We see krill, we see herring, we see shrimp. And when I, when I'm doing, we had a pretty good shrimp opener in Puget Sound too. And and I'll have more to talk about uh, talk about that. I saw some
1: pictures. Bit. It looked like they had it was it, pretty it, fast and furious. It was
0: good, but participation was down in in several key areas. And so there may indeed be another shrimp opener in Puget Sound. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. So you shrimp heads, stay tuned for that. But but here's mm-hmm. the deal. In, in my shrimp seminars, I tell people, look, before you drop your pots, look for shrimp. Right? You'll see you'll, clouds you'll, of them. You'll see clouds of them, and that's that is exactly the word. But it, when we're when we're targeting Chinook, when, back you know when in Puget Sound and on the coast and in the straits and everything, you will see clouds of krill as well, mm-hmm. right? And so you need to tune your eye to that. If you don't know what it is on the sounder when you see it, take a picture of it, right? Mm-hmm. And and then when you catch a fish in close proximity to whatever it is you saw, look in their gut. That's where the rubber meets the road, man. If you're, you're marking stuff on your electronics and you catch a fish in proximity to that and you don't know what it was. Chances are, whatever you were marking on the screen is going to be found in that fish's stomach, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it,
1: just looking for the hardest thing I think everybody has is looking at that mark on the depth sounder and identifying the salmon versus a whole school of black bass or. You know, Like you said, the herring or the krill or the sand lances or the shrimp clouds or whatever you're looking at at that time. But identifying that king
0: salmon is really tough. It can be. It can be. It's really and, tough. And, and, when, and when you're looking at a, a different set of electronics for the first time, that could be super challenging as well. So. And Robbo,
1: I saw a picture he posted the other day of a whole stack of king salmon on the screen. <laughs> Man. They must be heating up down there in Prince yeah, of Wales. They, yeah. Those fish must have moved down. They must
0: be in a good wave of fish right now. Well, I tell you what, I know a great way to find that out. Let's, let's pop let's out here for a quick break and let's bring Robbo on. Robbo is staring down at the barrel of his, of his Memorial Day to Labor Day 90-day grinder. Let's see how. Let's see how the how the, how the progression of Captain Krusty is going to take place. <laughs> <laughs> talk to Robbo next. You're in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line, presented by BOMAC here in the Outdoor Line. How good was it to have uh, Bob Buchanan up here for a few days? Man. That guy's money, such a great guy, and a great line of products, and we use
1: so much of it he up He gave there. me some really cool stuff this year, and I am I need to order some more.
0: Yeah. I'm already running out. The Tye Totes. Or, or a-
1: and the 40-inch tape measure he makes is perfect yeah. for Southeast Alaska.
0: Oh, that's it's right. 40-inch
1: need- halibut tape measure. Oh, I need
0: one of those, by the way. Yeah. And somebody else who needs one of those is on the horn right now. Rob Ensley, my partner, staring down the barrel at his 90-day Memorial Day to Liberty Grind. Good morning, Robbo.
2: Good morning, morning guys. Rob. Speaking of that big ruler, I got one laying right in the back deck of the polar bear. That that big fish ruler, sweet. Is that Joel? There, he, I didn't hear who it was, but it uh, sounded like Joel in the background.
0: It is Joel. It is it
2: Joel. Is me. Hey, yeah, morning.
1: that uh, It's perfect for southeast Alaska, especially for the 40-inch oh, slot yeah. for charter guys and the 30 to 40 yeah. for lingcod for us and king salmon. And yeah. just, man, I, I uh, got to order another president of and
2: It's got the little hooked end so you can put their nose right up against it and get a good solid measurement. keeps us out of trouble. You know, you come in a quarter-inch off, boy, and you're uh, – yeah, you're not
1: uh, – You not really do don't like want to measure king chicken salmon with it. A... Yeah, no. no no cloth tape measures. They're not good. They shrink. <laughs> no,
2: no. Uh, but, yeah, no, that works great. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys got going on up there, but I'm looking at a total mill pond here this morning and, and uh, looking pretty good here. The weather's been awesome the last couple of days. So, uh, And we've been mooching our kings, which has been nice, um, out mm. on the ocean. Uh, pulled in yesterday, made a couple laps around one spot we've been fishing. Uh, the, the scene of the route overboard drill a few days ago, nice. but uh, no fish there. So we went over and mooched up some kings out on the outside. So it's been fun,
0: yeah. And so are you? Are you finding them ganged up a little bit? Or are they in different places? Because out here, we're we're looking for them on the kelp and and, and stuff like that. But we're kind of finding them. Either either on the highway or in some in some offshore travel lanes. I, I mean, what what's kind of been the drill? How would you how would you characterize your the the, the state well, of the salmon run, the state of the Chinook run down there, at Craig Robo?
2: Honestly, the only thing consistent about it is that it hasn't been consistent.
0: Right. Um, you know, you find a little
2: <laughs> lot of them one day, and and uh, you, you whip up on them pretty good, and get your fish, and get out of there. Next day, you pull in, you're like, oh boy, where'd they go? um and what we've been doing is just kind of hanging out we've been in tight in on the kelp and in some shallower spots you know uh 50 to 100 feet deep kind of stuff right in tight um although yesterday we were fishing one of the capes and it dropped straight off to about 150 feet where we were getting them there but yeah we're not fishing the highway stuff we're fishing in um and the fish are just kind of popping so instead of running around looking for them we're just kind of sitting and waiting, you know, because they're going to show up at some point. And, uh, boy, if you just end up running all day long, you don't. Uh, you just been yeah. of burn up a bunch of gas and, and you don't run into anything. So we just just kind of hanging out by the gully. School goes by and, boom, you can hook up a couple or one or two or whatever and, and get them. And, and you know, there's some nice, healthy fish. And then we've been wheeling around getting some halibut anchoring. Um, actually, I've been anchoring in the islands a little bit in some channels, really uh, a lot of current. Uh, And a couple of these little channels in the islands, that's been working out pretty good, too. So, yeah, you know, early season stuff, but uh, it's been fun, man. Super fun, especially mooching. I mean, we do a lot of trolling this time of year, and it's been fun to to mooch on this early season stuff and and be able to get our fish. So uh, that's
0: where it's at. Well, you have new folks on the boat constantly, and Mm -hmm. folks will stick their face in your electronics. How do you tell them? how to use that stuff what do you what do you tell them to look for and point out as far as where they should be running their gear on the mooch what a chinook looks like what kind of bait looks like how do you how do you set people up for success when they start looking at your marine electronics robo
2: oh well i stare at the thing all day and i start freaking out when i see a big big guy i still get excited like (laughs) you know like it was 20 years ago like oh here comes a big school get ready you know drop it down to the bottom (laughs) you know oh god here they come everybody get ready you know um and and the good thing is, and you you're the same way, Nellie, We got machines on the back deck, uh, so they can just turn right around, and look at the TV, and go, "Oh yeah, there, there they are," you know. And and they've been on the bottom for the most part. They've been they've been pretty much pasted to the bottom for the most part. And uh, so, mooching, you know, drop it until it hits the bottom, reel it up about twenty thirty feet, and drop it right back down again, and just just pounding the bottom, working it up and down, and up and down, and up and down um and then i'll just tell them hey if a school goes by at 60 or something i'll tell you to reel up. but otherwise it's just keep working the bottom and and uh, if you get bit either stop all together and let them eat it or just keep reeling nice and slow just keep reeling until that rod is just buried and then reel some more and then you can set the hook you know um, do you use a uh,
1: kidney weights and a green herring or a kidney and a red herring yeah or what
2: are you using we're using uh right now I'm using five ounce kidney sinkers and a uh, six foot leader of 40 pound maxima, a couple of four out hooks four out mustad hooks and green label herring and uh, Brian it up. I just threw some in the brine back there before I jumped out with you guys. Um, you know, I don't know. I think I threw four or five dozen in there for the day. And cause we're catching some halibut and some other little stuff along the way. Um, you know, so you burn up that, this time. You're burn up that much easy, maybe a little more uh, catching some incidentals along the way. And, that's about it. A little, uh, little salt in there, and some brine and bite, and uh, off we go. Pretty fun deal, and simple.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. fun and simple. It is fun and simple. And, and speaking of brine and bite, Steve Lynch just hit town of of, of Procure, and mm-hmm. he was oh. asking if you know if, if, we, if we, we we need any other stuff right there. But the thing of it is, with with that brine and bite in particular, it doesn't burn your bait out. You can put too much salt in in. And I use bay mm-hmm. water to brine mm-hmm. my bait in. But if you use if you used just salt, you can look, yeah. you know, they, you can you can flatten those herring out, and that's really not what you want either, because that, that mm-hmm. plump herring robo it spins a lot better than one that is over brined.
2: Oh, for sure. And and for, listen, we have an opener in South Puget Sound coming up this week. You know, yeah, um, we do. Tacoma opens up on the first, and and the thing about that brine and bite, it's got amino acids in it. And it's not, you know, it's not so critical on these early season fish. These are feeders, man. I mean, just get in front of them; they're going to eat it. But some of those fish, and we see them here later too, some of the big fish that get in on the kelp. But those, those fish in Puget Sound, they get fickle, man. They get they get weird. They hit the sound, they get close to their rivers, and and they they're, they're just not that snappy. And uh, those aminos can get them going. Um, so it's something, you know. For, and there's a bunch of moochers down at Point Defiance and Claybank. Yes, there and all that is stuff still. Yeah, it's something those guys might consider picking up some brine and bite, or or some monster bite. Monster bite is just the straight amino acid stuff, and you can put that right in your brine. And um, it, I've seen it, man. It it can definitely trigger a bite when nothing else is working.
0: So. Well, and and we've got the the, the Puget Sound resident coho opener showing up here pretty quick. And and I got a mm-hmm. you know a text early in the show from somebody. Hey, listen, you know, how do I catch these things? You know, and what size flasher? What's that? And I went. Hold on here. If you go resident yeah. coho fishing with flasher gear, you don't yeah. get much of a fight yeah. out of those little resident coho. I mean, I'm just, Robbo, I'm just telling them to just spin a tight little red label or, a, or an anchovy, yeah. maybe in a helmet right off the downrigger and just, because those resident mm-hmm. coho, they're herring eaters, man. Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah, if you can find some orange label or red label would be, you know, a little on the big side, but any of the little small herring, spinning those up top on a kidney sinker, and they're usually up shallow. You know, you don't need to go deep for those residents. They're usually up in the top, I don't know, 60 feet. That would be deep. I mean, 30 feet, 20 feet. Sometimes they're right on the surface, you know. Um, or little spoons work good. Uh, just a straight spoon off the down. Or just a straight spoon off a kidney sinker or something's fine, too. So, I mean, you know, and this is a long time ago. When we were kids, we would troll around out of Manchester with hot shots until we found <laughs> them. And, and then we would stop. We would run to steelhead plugs, a silver, um, like a chrome plated steelhead plug, until we found them, and then we'd stop and drop, drop buzz bombs and little little darts at them and stuff and get them. But uh, no, they can be fun, man, and they're they're little fatties this time of year in two Sound. So.
0: Yeah, they're chunkers, and of course, you know, you mentioned Marine Area Eleven. That opens up on the first, and and uh, the Toledo bubble opened up, and there was there was some fish in it yesterday. So, you know, it, it's yeah. going to be a good season down in Puget Sound for sure. Um, before, you know, I, I just want got a couple more questions before we let you go and, and, and get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you What are you running when you drop the anchor for halibut? What have been some of your most mm-hmm. successful baits? What What's been your best presentation so far this summer, Robbo?
2: I'm running salmon guts. So what i what I've been running is two circle hook setups. So so those are my front two rods. Those are kind of my chum rods. Yep. And I'll run uh gosh some Pacific cod belly or something on there with some salmon guts, and that's the scent trail. And then on the back rods, uh, I run some of the big herring that Joe just sent up. He just sent some killer herring up, big like purple label herring. <laughs> um, and what I've been doing is. I'll run. He, and he also sent tuna belly last year, and I still have a couple cases of that. So I'll run a herring with a little tuna belly on there uh, for scent, and then on the other side, I'll actually take one of those big herring and I'll fillet one side off of it, so it releases all that oil. You know, double hook, double J hooks. Uh, I'll fillet one side, and then I actually flip the fillet over, and I actually put the fillet right on the hook, and that just that one's been nailing most of them. Um, so those back two rods basically have herring on them with a uh, UV Gibbs, UV Purple Haze hoochie over top of it. And those things just hammer halibut all day long with a big 9-0, 10-0, couple of J-hooks on there. And, and uh, those are my back two rods, and they catch 80% of the fish. But the big ones, they sneak by and they go for those guts.
0: They usually do, man. when the man. guts get bit, they,
2: they, <laughs> they, yeah, they go right by those herrings sometimes and they go right in on the guts. And,
0: so and when those you,
2: rods go off, it's usually a good, pretty good halibut.
0: You, you mentioned you mentioned cool. Pacific cod. Well, Joel Martin here set me up with some mm. black cod heads, and and oh, typically I'll, I'll I'll run a salmon heads. <laughs> you don't down need to there. soak those things. No, dude, those no, things go down. Holy. I'm not kidding you. You throw those on Oil a circle flex. hook. You pin their nose. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It looks like the Exxon Valdez going huh. down next to your boat, man. I didn't think it's, about
2: that, Joel. You know, We've got E.C. Phillips here. I should go over there and get a get a box of those. That's some great bait right there.
1: Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Well, They're so oily. You don't need it. And, and let them sit on the dock for about two days in a white
2: five-gallon bucket. <laughs> and then
1: <laughs> hand them to the guys that just got off the airplane and tell them to start oh, yeah. sorting them out. Yeah, I just, had
0: some guys about lose it over the side tell, of the
1: boat. Uh, tell them
0: to take a deck hose and knock the fly. Eyes off it, oh, put it on a hook, and send it down. Oh, green. my goodness, dude. All right, mm-hmm. Robo. Well, thanks for your time this morning, buddy. How far you got to run today?
2: Oh, maybe an hour out to the ocean, but it's going to be a nice gotcha. run. I mean, it's
0: yeah. like, whew, yeah. it
2: is beautiful, man. So, nice cruise through the islands and uh, head straight out to the outside. And just, we're going to hang out there for the day. So and, then, and everything's kind of been in the same neighborhood. We haven't been able to, or haven't had to run, excuse me, much at all. So, um, just kind of run into like, one neighborhood and hanging out and been working,
0: so I like it. Yep. I like it. it kind of sounds like my plan. I'm running up north today myself. So okay, Robo. Well, let's compare notes yeah. at the end of the day. Thank you for your time and good luck, my friend. Enjoy those flat calm yeah, waters.
2: Good luck to everybody yeah. down the Skycomish River today. It opens up today too. I'm excited. It opened to up. The, they, they, opened open up they opened up know, the Nooksack. They opened up the Nooksack,
0: Skagit too. Oh. You know,
2: yeah, super cool. yep yeah, lots all of my buddies of, up in Bellingham will be out there catching those kings Those guys know that Nooksack better than anybody. So w-
0: yeah, well, pretty it, exciting. When, When's the last time we saw a, a sprinter opener, you know, on those streams. It's just, it's wonderful news, and and yeah. you know, kind of oh, yeah. right in, right in line with what's going on down in the Columbia. Increased opportunity, we'll take it.
2: Yeah. yeah. All right. You guys have a great day. Good chatting with you, Joel. Have a yeah. You summer. too. To talk to you again. Have a all right. Okay. See, have
0: man. a wonderful Memorial Day weekend.
2: You too. See you
0: guys. All right, Rob. Well, Happy Bye. Memorial Day. Talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. All right, and, and again, just a quick reminder, we do need some more, some more boaters, some more captains for the Salmon for Soldiers event, and that's uh, the Day of Honor at uh, Port Everett takes place on September 17th. So uh, jump over to SalmonForSoldiers.com, and let's, uh, let's thank some of, our, uh, some of our military active personnel and, and veterans personally by doing that. Coming up next, Ray Marine Picks of the Week here for Memorial Day weekend, right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station, 710, Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. Uh Whether your passion is freshwater, inshore, or offshore coastal fishing, Raymarine products are engineered to deliver the very best in visual navigation information. Now featuring the all-new Raymarine Lighthouse 4 software package, including Navionics sonar charts, which is huge. Every time you go over a drag, it's improving your your chart plotter with with better definition of your depths, Sirius XM fish mapping, and, and, and also the marine weather. I mean, Joel, we get offshore here. And, you know, I mean, I'm looking at the Windy app when I'm in here. I'm studying my charts, and and I'm looking to see what the weather's going to be the next day. But you get offshore, you no cell signal. No, no cell means no apps. Means SiriusXM. Means SiriusXM for for sure. And and that was that was important because that wind did come up a little more than forecast yesterday. I left the dock thinking it was going to be you know kind of flat calm, but that afternoon breeze that, that kind of kicked up on us. But I'm looking at the forecast here, and and you know I, I feel, see. I, I feel for everybody down at Puget Sound because it's kind of a wet, dripping <laughs> m- Memorial. Stop it. You be you be nice. You quit giggling. <laughs> all right. So I I mean. So we we used to have um a family trip we did on Memorial Day when they, when you know when Kathy and I would take Matt and Sophie and they were little we used to go to go to Eastern Washington go to go to Lake Parigeon right and there was this little go-kart track across from from um, State Park and we did it was my three sons go-kart track and we'd zip around that thing and then go catch trout in the lakes and you just hope and pray for a good Memorial Day weekend and one year we go over there and dude it just pour the whole time and it doesn't rain that much in eastern washington right Mm -hmm. but i we've we've seen some major washout memorial days in in western i've seen it in sitka too yeah oh i absolutely absolutely i mean snow on the pass and 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 memorial day weekend now that's not that bad but it's not exactly a hangout on the beach type of memorial day back home but that's kind of what we're seeing here um We've got a bunch to talk about as far as great opportunities for the week. You know, Robbo and I kind of ran through some of them. I mean, the Skycomish River opened up for Spring Chinook today. And uh, we talked to Todd Daniels about that about that fishery. And that's a really unique fishery because you can fish that river off the bank. There's so much bank access on the Skycomish River. And and a lot of those Chinook and the Skycomish are coming back to the Wallace River, which comes in at Salton. Well, you got you got the Salton Boat Ramp right across, the, and then and then across the river you have what they call the Cracker Bar, and I'm telling you, you can you can catch a lot of of salmon right off the bank. It's a floating jig program, but we have such an incredible snowpack down there. All those river fisheries are going are gonna be a lot different this year, and we may see boatable water in a lot of those rivers because of the snowpack you know well into july which which would be you know very very cool but it's it, it's really neat what's happening back home with a lot of our salmon runs and a lot of our snowpack because you know a lot of the talk back home also revolves around the fate of the of the snake river dams you know to get some of these fall chinook and springers and and indeed the steelhead to kind of bounce back because right now a lot of those runs are, are, are a little bit in dire straits as well well when you have a big snowpack, you get good flow down the river, which helps flush those smolts down. And and it's it's you know I mean funny thing about fish, man, you gotta have water in those streams. Oh to produce yeah,
1: them. and hopefully that snowpack holds in for the whole fall, and they get in those salmon can make it up to the upper ends of those tributaries and get into the rivers before they start spawning
0: this fall. You so. Know you know and and it's again we're we're watching boats take off off the dock here from uh, from com. it's our it's our last live uh, remote sitka show of the year here and and uh you know it, again it's just amazing how fast it goes but it's it's fun watching your guys from the first day they get in the boat you know to the, to now okay they're bringing fish back to the dock and stuff there's there's a lot of different satisfaction element to coming to Alaska flying into a charter boat having everybody do everything for you or renting a boat from you and doing it yourself. Because, I mean, a lot of Western Washington guys, they they got their own boat. They know how to run them. But, you know, we just get such a truncated opportunity. This is just a great way to yeah, you guys come to up s- and expand their season.
1: They get to catch everything. Yeah. Uh, I, guys, if they're struggling on salmon, they move to rockfish and lingcod. If they're struggling on halibut, they move to salmon. You know, it's, 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 it's so diverse of what they can catch here. We had a thirty-one and a half inch silver gray caught the other day.
0: I saw that come to the dock. Yeah, it was That's huge. crazy. It, they were there was talking to see if that was a state record for uh, that rockfish. Man. Yeah, it's it's close. Yeah, no kidding. And, and um, so and yesterday, you know, we got into some black rocks too, and and some bigger ones, and some ling cod, and and uh, there's a lot of restaurants in town that'll that'll cook your catch, right? And and mm-hmm. so our, our favorite's the Westmark, and and uh, the folks I have in town, Byron Bolton and Joe Trevino, they they really hadn't eaten a lot of fresh halibut. But to get, you know, it was a, just a chicken, maybe a ten, eleven pounder, you know, a little tiny owl. But we zipped it up and chopped it up and brought it in there. And you just, you just can't describe what that stuff tastes like, man. It's just absolutely amazing. It's, it's so fresh. Yeah, and but you know, to, to bring this stuff back home is, you know, just simply amazing. But the my 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 greatest enjoyment of coming up here to Sitka though is what I learn up here, and bringing it back home and putting it to use. It's
1: a classroom you're all ready to go for down in Puget Sound. Yeah, I know. As it. soon as you get home, you'll be dialed.
0: Yeah, that's that's just it. You've been With... running
1: your boat for a month.
0: <laughs> Straight. Straight. <laughs> you might have some
1: maintenance to do yeah.
0: before you go back to fishing. Well, there's, yeah, i got to change the lure. Wipe yield. all the blood off of it. Yeah. Well, that was, you. you so, so. That's funny because everybody on the boat, man, they wanted they want to help out and clean the boat and everything. And I'm like, no, 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 just go up to your room. And he got Byron. They, yeah, I know Byron Bolton. You know, owns the. Give whole him a brush. Much. Yeah, he and he was he was up there with soap and water and everything. So it's the cleanest the boat's been since I since I got here. I, I can definitely promise you that. But but some of the things I I learn up here on the salmon front and put to work down you know down home there there's always kind of a a, a relationship between what works up here. And what I see working working back home, you know, and so those AP spoons are interesting to me. They're they're like they're like a coho killer on steroids, right? And and they've been they've been very very effective too, especially in the presence of of, of candlefish or sand lance.
1: Yeah, they're, uh I started getting them a couple of years ago, and guys tried them, and I, I just don't think all the colors were fine tuned. And now that we have this new color assortment that they're making, it's it seems to
0: be they're they're dynamite. Yeah. But, so one of the one of the better fisheries and something that opened up yesterday um, that, that folks can do right now is, is go hit this little toilet bubble fishery, right? And um, it's it's in the north part of Puget Sound. It's there's you, you can you can keep two fish, there's no fin clip restriction, you can fish two rods, a two pole endorsement, is it's a it's a limited area and, and it can get a little bit crowded. But if you if you there's two tricks to that fishery and one of them's very first light and one of them's last light, right? I mean, you'll find... There's some late arriving folks that are going to show up at, at eight or nine o'clock in the morning. They're going to stay by noon. They're going to be gone. Okay, fine. But if you if you're one of the first few boats on that fishery, you can work that fishery in close, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 work the edges and use use flashers and spoons and get down and, and get some fish. Later in the day, though, in the evening, that's probably one of the best times. I, I've had I've had some phenomenal evenings on that fishery. Everybody's every, you know people take off. And you get that last light opportunity. And, and it's not a it's not a difficult or far run from the closest boat ramp. It's just.
1: I didn't know fish ate dinner. I thought oh, they only they ate do,
0: breakfast. Oh, they do, man. Well, they only eat breakfast here in Sitka. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> no, they eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner up here, man. It's a but you know I, that's that's it though you you've to spend some time on that on that bubble fishery and and be there when there's less folks you know you're going to have some of those fish for yourself do
1: for you think sure. those small AP spoons would work there
0: i'm going to definitely give them a try i'm going to definitely Sand give them Lances. a try yeah definitely mm-hmm. and and the thing of it is you know people get all hung up on flasher spoons flasher hoochie, you know but the ability to run straight bait and like like robo is talking about it's it, it's it's becoming something of a lost art. Mm-hmm. Is is you know the the correct cut on a cut plug and how to make it you know stay on the hook right? And there's just there's a few tricks to that. There and, is a and few tricks. There's definitely a few tricks. And and one of those is when you you know you you cut you got to brine that bait before you cut it, and then make sure you get that that top hook has to have some involvement with the with the spine or the ribs. Mm-hmm. If you just get meat with it with the top hook your toe hook. It's it's going to rip right through. You
1: got to cross through the spine.
0: Yep, absolutely. And there's and there's a hundred and fifty different ways to, to to do it, right? But you know, it, it, we're always looking for that tight roll, that you know, inch and a half piece of pipe, mm-hmm. right? It, whether it's an anchovy, whether it's a herring, if you got that tail flopping around like a like a like a whirly gig, that's not what you want. I mean, you want those tight rolls for sure.
1: Yeah, and if people don't know how to cut it, there's other ways to hang a herring. On a mooch rig, you can pin them sideways so the heli- the herring actually hangs like a helicopter, and you just use the top hook in the head sideways, and the fish hangs sideways yep. and the bottom hook hangs. It's deadly. So and I those noticed herring come up like a big flopping helicopter, and uh, that ain't gonna the work. work. The kings so love them.
0: I walked into the shop last night, and Austin Mosier had his guys in here, and you were walking them through some jig setups. So jigging is something that a lot of people should do and don't. But if you don't have a rod. Rigged up with a jig on it. You're not going to have it rigged and ready in and time. And it has to, to be it... rigged properly. Yes. It has
1: to be on braid with minimal mono. So yep. you don't get all that stretch to get the, keep the flutter in the, in the, in the dart. Um, you use the uh, Puget Pounder,
0: Puget Pounder from yep, Bubba. Yeah, from BOMAC. BOMAC's Puget Pounder. Yeah, those things are you know, awesome. Yeah, and he's probably going to come to market next year with those those uh, Puget Pounder rods too. We're we're testing the prototypes for him up here. But what was what were you telling the guys about rigging up those jigs in in particular?
1: Uh, you can do fish them two ways. Uh, the way I like to fish them is. Bend the top and bottom tab over a little bit and run them on a slide. Um, it seems to the guys get more the better action out of it. Um, I think on the fall you might catch fish better when they fall. The way that slides on there. Uh, just run a bead on the top and the bottom and a set of hooks on the bottom and you can run the the double J if you want or a salmon leader.
0: Well, what we in, in Puget Sound we can't use trebles and so that little tiny close tide moochin rig on the bottom of that jig. And I only bend the I bend the bottom eye. Mm-hmm. The bottom there's just a wire eye on the bottom mm-hmm. of those jigs. And you just bend the bottom one and then you run a soft bead right under that. Right. So those hooks will you know, they'll they'll bounce off that soft bead and the jig you won't you won't have a hard plastic jig kind of knocking things apart, right? Mm-hmm. And then just leave the top leave the top eye straight because it's nice to have just a little bit of line friction. But but you're right. Run on those things sliding with a little it, it just works better. You use a four ounce, right, or a five? Well, I got fours and fives, and I, and I think I even have a couple sixes, right? Do mm-hmm. You give them a little and, bend and sometimes? No, don't bend them. I'm not a jig bender. No, because you, you, what? So when you bend a jig, you're asking it to work along its long axis, right? Uh-huh. And and we want them to work with the whole flat of that to to tip and and fall. If you look close at those jigs, and I want you to. There's a concave, excuse me, a convex side, okay, so a bulgy side, uh-huh. and then there's an angular side, and uh-huh. it's really, really subtle, okay? You run the line down the, 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 con- the convex side, all right, uh-huh. and that blade side, if you will, the sharp side catches water a little bit better and that, and that thing darts. And that's originally why one of the brands of those was called the Point Wilson Dart mm-hmm. was because they're they're designed to operate on the fall. And and that's just the best imitation you can possibly have of sand lance. And, you know, and Joey and I will put those to work later in the season on the toilet bay fishery, out at mid-channel bank, on possession bar, a lot of different places that we will fish, but we'll see this set of conditions that indicate that we should be jigging, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those is we keep fishing or trolling through a, a, a spot, and we 're getting bit in a really mm-hmm. limited area and in that limited area, guess what? We see that shaggy 1970s carpet on on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. And that indicates sandlands that are coming out of the gravel, okay mm-hmm. And it is and it is gravel too, because if you 're fishing over sand, that 's not where we're going to find or mud, you 're not going to find sandlands. It has to be it's not quite gravel right and it's and it's definitely not rock but it's that stage between a coarse sand and a gravel that you're going to find sand lance in and it doesn't exist everywhere but where you do and you learn to recognize it and you learn to fish to it you are going to hammer them all right we're going to pop out here for a quick break jump on youtube real quick and hit type in uf bass team boating accident our next guest, Hunter Bland, is the Yamaha National Safe Boating Ambassador. And I think that's, I mean, we're, we're looking at Memorial Day weekend. It is absolutely the beginning of boating season around here. And uh, let's do so safely. But uh, this gentleman, Hunter Bland, has a story to tell. And it's next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app.